Hi, my name is Trudy Rosquay and I am the founder of Vitality 40+. I am not only a master personal trainer specialising in women's and children's physical health, but also a menopause ambassador who is passionate about spreading the word and breaking all those mystical taboos over the M word. I have created a series of podcasts with a variety of guests, not only on women's health issues, but subjects that relate to men's health and well-being also, unlocking all the answers to questions that you may have wanted to ask, but unsure as to where to get the information. La 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 la. Is it recording? Okay. Perfect, perfect, perfect. I don't know why it says it's not. Wonderful. Touch up my appearance. What if I go like that? Nice. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? Well, what a that is first thing morning. And I'm just trying, I don't know. I know I've had problems with this Vitality 40 Plus. It's on a what we call an IMAP server, right? I'm the most untechnical person in the world. And ever since this was way back, way back in Spain, I had somebody set it up. And Everybody who looks at it goes, oh, shouldn't be on an IMAP server. Oh, oh, oh. You know, boop, boop, boop. it's going to take a lot of time. to. Boop, boop. And I'm like, oh, OK, well, I'll just leave it. I don't really know what you mean. But but what happens, but it's now happening daily, is that I send loads of emails and think they've all gone. And they all just sit in my outbox. And you're not picking up my emails either because, well, you have had an email from I me. Have, well, yes. But, but, you, but, but I sent yeah. you one this morning saying, what are we meeting on? So anyway. I suddenly got, happened. yeah, but I suddenly got that. I know. But then I'm checking for Sarah and I'm like, I can't see any emails from Sarah. And then I'm thinking, because I'm doing so many podcasts at the moment. I, and know, I'm, I, I, I imagine that because I did send you an email, but I thought she's probably like me with patients, you know, my patients know that I cannot remember their details and their background because I'm seeing too many people. And then if I have two people that are very similar, oh, the same day, I'm saying, oh yes, and so that copper coil you've got, like, no, I don't have a copper coil. Like, oh. Hi, and welcome to another podcast for Vitality 40 Plus. Now, today's guest is a lady called Sarah Davison. And yet again, met her virtually uh, through through the power of social media. Um, but she really fascinated me. But now she's even more fascinated me since our conversations began. So Sarah lives in the UK. So her trades are a multilinguist, love that, only just found this out, then converted to a psychology degree, then worked in the corporate field, and then another degree in homeopathy. So I am seriously impressed. I do feel very undereducated right now. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you, Trudy. It's great to be here. So <laughs> now I've just given you the spiel. So to tell my listeners, actually, so they're probably thinking, well, what on earth are we doing with Sarah? So Sarah has um, been 
posting a lot on natural treatments for the menopause. Now, of course, as many listeners will know, as they breathe another sigh, I am all over menopause, eat it, breathe it. And I would like to say it's my passion apart from being in it. Um, But the one area that I really struggle with is the part where it's not HRT based or alternative solutions, shall we say. So the first thing I'm going to ask you, Sarah, because we've just touched on it and I know I'm probably going to get this wrong and I'm going to leave you to explain it. What is a homeopath? Okay, so a homeopath uh, is somebody who does homeopathy. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise. Um, and and it's good if I you know define what homeopath homeopathy is because many people have a, a bit of a misconception about what homeopathy is. They think that homeopathy is all things natural. It's kind of herbs and supplements and that kind of thing, which it's not. So it's a it's a, an entire system of medicine in its own right. And um, rather than giving herbs like a herbalist would, we take natural substances. So those could be plants, minerals, uh, things like that. And we dilute them so that what you're getting is something to trigger the system to heal itself. So it's not the, the medicine that does the healing. It's your own system. And it works... It's a similar principle of operation to vaccination. So we give you a nanodose of the substance that if you took too much of that substance, it would cause symptoms that you're trying to cure. So get, it's always easier with, a, with an example. So let's take uh, hay fever. All right, we're in summer, it's hay fever season. So one of the symptoms for some people of hay fever is burning watery eyes and drippy nose. Some people also have head colds like that. So the substance that gives you burning watery eyes and drippy nose in some cases is onion. So if you create a homeopathic preparation of onion, it says to the body, oh, that's what I'm supposed to be correcting. Because basically we're one big homeostatic mechanism that finds balance all the time. You know, we cut ourselves and it heals. We, um, you know, get an infection and and we get a fever, which is there to get rid of the infection. So it's just that when you need homeopathy is when that homeostatic mechanism isn't working so well. That system of creating symptoms to get rid of problems. So have I I confused you more? No, absolutely (laughs) not. No, so I'm I'm right now. I'm really fascinated in all of this um, uh, from a very personal level as well, and I'm sure we 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 want to try and keep ourselves on track on what we're trying to talk about. Um, <laughs> yes. That's going to be a difficult one. Um, so if we're looking at um, a homeopath, let's just talk now about like in layman's terms. So we have a naturopath, and you just said a herbalist. What? Yes. What so- are- In the natural field, in natural medical field, there are many different modalities, as we call them. So you have a homeopath, that's me, and I give nanodoses of homeopathically treated, uh, prepared natural substances that get your body to heal itself. That's the basics of homeopathy. Then you have a naturopath who is like the old style pre-pharmaceutical doctor who is um, all about... um, diet, lifestyle, uh, and they may specialize in herbalism or Chinese or homeopathy as a, as a what they add 
to the diet and lifestyle. So they're very holistic. Then you have an Ayurvedic practitioner. Mm -hmm. Ayurveda is a centuries old Indian herbal system, which is very holistic. It's not just about herbs, it's about massages and Oh, I mean, I'm, I, I would love to actually go and investigate it more from yes. a personal point of view because you get they they pour warm oil onto your forehead oh, and they do special amazing. massages and oh, you know it's amazing. I I started actually studying that in lockdown as well because yeah, and then they, the, yoga yeah. is part of the Ayurvedic system, so they do recommend the physical exercise, which is yoga. They do. Um, forms of meditation and then diet and they're the ones that talk about the three um you know your three types yes of butter, uh, yes of and i can't remember um yes Kappa. Kappa. yeah the three doshas that's what they're called that's it, yes okay so we've done so what else then there's then you've got nutrition which for me is like a basis foundation for absolutely everything you can go and do any kind of medicine you like but if you have not got your diet right then you're going to be working against the treatment that you're getting, whether that's HRT or homeopathy. So nutrition is a foundation stone. And so you can, in a way you can call it a natural therapy, but I, I think it's, it's more important and it, it's a deeper level than that. Yes. Nutrition. Yes. Like so what have they covered? Oh yeah. And then you've got Chinese medicine. So Chinese oh, medicine yeah. is a whole system in itself with all the, um, the meridians, the lines of energy that run down the body and uh, Chinese practitioners work with um, Chinese herbs and acupuncture gotcha. mm -hmm. and gua sha, which is amazing. But that's another topic. Oh, gua sha oh. is. Yeah. Anyway, I think so, you know, I'm one of many. And if you're someone who wants to go down the natural route, you need to work out which of these modalities you feel drawn to. And then you need to see someone because it's not something that you self can self prescribe, you know, as a homeopath, if I look in my symptom dictionary under hot flushes, there are 550 medicines. Yes, right. So, so 550 medicines. So how do I choose? I choose by it's a holistic science so i'm not just picking off symptoms saying oh i'll give you that for your hot flushes and that for your headaches and that for your bone pain i'm looking for what's the underlying cause is there an emotional cause like a woman come to came to me once with terrible menopause symptoms and when i asked her when did they start expecting her to say oh well you know they started uh, when i went into menopause she said no 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 they started 20 years ago when i had a newborn and my husband died so her underlying cause of the issues mm. was unresolved grief. So I gave her medicines for grief, as well as supporting the organs that were struggling and creating some of the menopause symptoms. And how do you test that? I mean, how, how do you know that? I mean, apart from obviously consultation and talking, do you have a test? Um, I, as a homeopath, I don't work with a test, but on my, and, and we get, so... As homeopaths, we don't go by diagnostic labels. I'm not particularly interested that you have diabetes or ulcers of colitis. What I go by is how you manifest those symptoms. So if you say, for instance, somebody has, I don't know, menopause, as we're talking about menopause, it depends how you do your menopause. So are you, you know, a hot flushes person? Because there are 49 symptoms, remember? So, you know, you might be someone who does hot flushes, insomnia and bone pain, whereas another person might do um, anxiety, vaginal dryness and hair loss. Those are yeah. two completely different 
sets of symptoms that require different treatments and different medicines. So from that point of view, as a homeopath, I don't really need a test, but it's always good to know because but menopause is really complex. So I work with a functional nutritionist who does a Dutch test. Now the Dutch okay. test, I used to, I used to think like it was something to do with the, with the Dutch, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it stands for dried urine total uh, test, complete hormones. And it's, you pee on a bit. So I do it with the, the, my program clients. You pee on a bit of paper. So you can do it from anywhere in the world and put it in the post. And they look at the metabolites from your urine and that tells them what's going on with 35 hormones, as well as your vitamin B levels, your liver function, your adrenal function, all the liver and the adrenals get very involved in, in menopause. And that's something we, you know, we don't hear much about. But if you if your liver and your adrenals in a bad state, you're going to have a bad menopause. Perfect. That's just made me feel 100% better. Thank you <laughs> Not. for that, Sarah. Um, <clears throat> for anybody who may be listening, I actually have um, a liver condition called uh, ferret, high ferritin, which is high iron protein, which does affect the liver and, and undergoing constant treatment for that. So, um, uh, yes. And my menopause, interestingly, uh, is, is very volatile, even with HRT and even with changes in estrogen levels. Um, and there are bad days like yesterday. Let's talk, talk about a, a lemon zester going into the bin or so I thought putting my arm into the bin, not being able to speak to the other half to say I'd put the lemon zester because I was so angry with having thrown it in the bin accidentally with the rubbish, because obviously I've got my hands muddled as to which ones were going in the rubbish to find that it wasn't. It was actually sitting on the sink. So in all. So I had rubbish, yogurt, everything in that bin that wasn't much, but everything in that bin was up my arm just before we went oh, out. Dear. So anyway, moving on, because that was actually a bad day. Um, <laughs> Can my, I just my... say something about that? Can I just say Go something on. about that? Sorry. So one of the things that I tell my clients is that the process of menopause, which for those of you listening who may not, who may think it's just a couple of years, you know, it's average nine to 10 years from right, Perry yeah. when you still got a period to post, but we're, we're technically post menopause the rest of our life. But um for me, the way I look at it is that it brings up anything that's unresolved. So, for instance, in my when I first got into this is when I crashed into my perimenopause at 45. I'd never even heard of perimenopause. I wasn't a homeopath at the time. And I was working in a really full on corporate consulting job. And I had a toddler because I'd had a no, I'd had given birth at 41 very late. Mm. Um, and I crashed into my perimenopause, not knowing what it was. And I can't remember what I was going to say now. <laughs> typical, absolutely typical. So um, anyway, it, it, it comes on when you're when when a lot of people don't know that it's there. Oh, That's yeah. what happened to me. They'd never even heard of it. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I was going to say what it brings up. So what yeah. my my perimenopause brought, brought up for me is that I've always been very stressy and anxious and driven, which made the adrenal glands that produce my stress hormones weak, which meant that when I went into perimenopause, my adrenal glands couldn't keep up because your adrenal glands are supposed to be the ones that then supplement the progesterone and the estrogen 
when the ovaries wind down. That's why I almost burnt out. And this is very common for women to burn out in their 40s and think it's just they're not coping with stress, but it's not that. It's the fact that they're, they have chronically stressy lives and there are factors in their life that made them very tired and stressed and their adrenal glands can't do what they're supposed to do to actually keep them in hormonal balance. So, and then the other thing, so, so one of the things I've had to learn during menopause is to be less driven. That's been the teaching for me emotionally. Yeah, wow. And I've had to go to the edge of burnout three or four times over the last 10 years to learn that lesson, to let go and just, you know, give myself some boundaries. And then the other thing that came up for me is I've always had a digestive weakness. So all my digestive weaknesses came up and got worse. So it, it, it menopause shines a spotlight on anything that's a weakness that's unresolved. Well, this is this is this is actually quite scary. We've opened a Pandora's box here, and I feel that this. In fact, I've, I feel that this is going to go on and on because, actually, just by what you're saying, and and I'll, I'll have to throw this into a personal perspective. And I don't normally do that on on the podcasts, but everything you're saying, I had ulcerative colitis when I was younger. <laughs> Coincidentally, you just mentioned that, um, and then it sort of went off. But if every, if anything's going to get affected when I'm stressed, is my gut. Yeah. which I think a lot of people make people may get migraines but yeah. mine is the gut I'm at this point in my life where I've left the industry left corporate talking menopause my passion and I feel terrific about it but driven is probably just an understatement right now <laughs> at 50, I, at 50 I tend to tr attract driven women because of my own my own thing with it you know are you because like attracts like often yeah well I mean, as you as, even a little conversation beforehand. So it's it's very much like um, because I know there's something not right at the moment, but I can't pin a, put a finger to it. And as soon as you're now saying this makes sense and this is probably why I wanted to explore the natural side. We also have, of course, there are women who, who don't want to take HRT and it's their, you know, they're right. Um, I'm going to stand up and say, well, I am a pro for HRT because I do think in my simple brain, I have an underactive thyroid. We're going to probably talk about that shortly. Um, I have an underactive thyroid for many, many years. So I always think, well, I take thyroxine because it's a missing hormone. So therefore yeah. I need it. And I also consider that if I am uh, estrogen and progesterone, let's leave testosterone out of this at the moment deficient, that I, I want to take those hormones to be able to supplement that and that's mm. my kind of thinking and rationalization now as I know I, for many of you who will be aware I, I work with a GP in Jersey called uh, Rebecca Harling who's always saying well look Julie you can't just go out we just we just don't give out HRT to everybody you know we have to like <laughs> look yes. at the circumstances so is that the same firstly is that the same with homeopathy um, and secondly um, it, you know, does that work in the same way? I mean, obviously, we, we, you know, when you say is, is what the same with homeopathy? So do you I mean, obviously, you know, doctors, GPs. Yeah. Well, we'll say they need to look at the whole holistic. Oh, yes. of, you know, yes. try to work I, out. Yeah, I get your question. Yeah. So yeah. 
So your your underlying question is, can I just can I just tell listeners what to go and take and they can go and self-prescribe it, that kind of thing? Yes, and that's a no. No, no and this is a very common mis- misconception about natural. And I think it comes from the idea that natural, the misconception that natural is harmless. Yes, it it, it is much less harmful than the side effects that you can get from pharmaceutical medication, but you can overdose and you can take the wrong thing. And and the other misconception that I think people have from quite understandably from being um, brought up in a mainstream medical system is that in that mainstream medical system, it's one ill equals one pill, i.e. we find out what the doctor finds out what the diagnosis is. And for that diagnosis, they may be one or two you know, main things yeah. that you can, can give. Whereas, you know, as I was saying earlier, yeah. in homeopathy, there's you know, so many. There's so many, and you need to match it to the the unique cluster um, of symptoms that each person has, and also contextualize it in what is their medical history, what is their emotional history, what is their ancestral history, uh, who are they as a person. So, so it's very holistic in that sense. And, you know, it would have to be because we've got a materia medica of three to 4,000 medicines and you need to narrow it down to a family of, you know, 10 or 15. And so that, that's the way that you do it. Um, So, 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 and many women, again, understandably, they decide they don't want to take HRT or they can't, maybe because of their own medical history. And they go online and they look and they say, oh, black cohosh or red clover or, you know, even the that or, I know. Yeah. And they go out and they self-prescribe themselves those things. And then they it's very hit and miss. If you're lucky, you'll find something that works for you because you've hit on the one that's particularly well matched to you. In In many cases of the women that I speak to, they, you know, they try red clover, nothing happens. So they try black cohosh, nothing happens. They try, you know, whatever else it is. And then when it doesn't work, they think, well, natural doesn't work. I'm going to have to go on HRT. That's right. Want yeah. to, but I can't deal with my symptoms. Completely understandable. So, you know, if you want to get results with natural medicine, it really is advisable to see a professional because Very you know, the whole system, it's a whole way of thinking that's different from mainstream medicine. You know, we've we've talked a lot of well, I've talked a lot to women all around sort of different jurisdictions as well that struggle with this. Um, and I suppose the big sector that I, I would like to talk to you about are those that have experienced breast cancer, which is hormone related, because I am inundated with yes. people asking me for pointers to help and including a very good friend of mine who um has actually I mean she comes on to menopause forum and she said but I just need to know I can't you know I'm on tamoxifen or, or the other whatever yeah. drug the other drug that she takes um and she said I you know there is a Louise Newson as a GP has mm-hmm. listened to her podcast on breast cancer she's kind of like well you know if your HRT symptoms are so bad you could you, you know you, you we as women have the right to say we need HRT mm-hmm. for example mm-hmm. um but the, the women that I speak to that have had breast cancer said I'm not prepared to take the risk of actually mm-hmm. inducing these hormones into yeah. my body when I've got that yeah. so I'm assuming this is a big sector of clients that that you can help 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because homeopathy works in a very different way. We're not introducing estrogens in any form. What homeopathy is doing is it's getting the body to find its own balance. And if you add the nutrition to that, so you can, you know, add nutrition that help the body make its own estrogens in a balanced way that's not going to, you know, endanger you in terms of breast cancer, then you can, you know, you can find, you can find that balance. And what you have to remember is, I think, you know, all this exposure about, of menopause in the media is fantastic. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does tend to give the impression that the only route is to take HRT, and it's not the only route. And, and, and it also gives the impression that, you know, um, if you once you don't reach a, certain, reach a certain age, you're going to suffer. Everybody's going to suffer. It's not true. If you look at the uh, statistics, around 20% of women, 20, 25% of women do not get menopause symptoms. And I know some, they're among my friends. They haven't had menopause symptoms. It is possible for the body to manage that transition without in a balanced way. The symptoms just tell you that your system is out of balance. That's all. And you know, for you with your thyroid issue, you are going to be more susceptible with thyroid issue to, you know, to menopause symptoms. Of course, why you got the thyroid issue is another, <laughs> is another. I, yeah, yeah I, that's very interesting because I believe it came through pregnancy. Um, yes, certainly number absolutely. two, but number one, I think was, and but of course, everyone just put it down to postnatal, and you know, you're tired because you've had a so, baby. So one of the things I would look at with you, <clears throat> excuse me, is your iodine levels, because the thyroid plus, I mean, iodine is needed by almost every tissue and organ in the body, but particularly the thyroid. And when you go through these hormonal tr transitions of um, puberty, you know. Um, pregnancy, menopause, it pulls on the iodine stores and the, the thyroid can't function without it. And I always do an iodine test with the women that I work with on my menopause program. Yeah. And most That's, of them. How many women have said to me, and again, multi-jurisdictional, that have said that they have now been diagnosed with thyroid issues since hitting menopause? Yeah, no, that's very common. It's very common because there's a link between thyroid and estrogen. Yes. Uh, yes. But also there's a link between adrenal fatigue, you know, when you've had chronic stress, tiredness, shock, whatever that you've maybe had for years, your your that not only affects how your adrenals are able to pick up the slack on producing the sex hormones, but if you're chronically adrenally tired, it will make the thyroid downregulate. As well, so I mean, have to say, menopause is hormones generally are complicated, but menopause is extremely complicated. And I have to say, I don't pretend to know all, but you know, I know enough to understand both as a homeopath or because we work from with from a different angle and from the kind of more medical angle, yes, enough to understand where the imbalances are, and that's why HRT doesn't always deal with all the symptoms because it's more complex than just putting estrogen and progesterone back into the body well i think you just i mean my brain is surging now um i am sort of going into overdrive yet again it's and it's very early in the morning for me to be going into overdrive let me tell you um but however it, it, i was speaking to a friend yesterday um who 
can't get on with HRT. And I now absolutely know why. <laughs> and I will be referring her on to you after this call. Thank you. Um, because um, as I unraveled and as a life coach, <laughs> I managed to unravel, but we were only doing this on Messenger and not through even Zoom. But it became that there was an underlying because I kept on thinking she's not right. There's an underlying massive, massive grief if, issue. But was she saying she's been diagnosed with adrenal fatigue? Now her thyroid's playing up. So no wonder putting on some estrogen gel isn't actually really yeah. helping. And then and then when the thyroid and the liver affects the gallbladder, that then affects the digestion. You know, yeah. it, it's and huge you know let's we've forgotten about one of the most important organs which is the gut oh so, yeah you, know, you would need a functional nutritionist probably to come on talk you know like the woman i work with is an is an expert in this but you know the gut has a whole family of microbes you know we have the microbiome which is yes. all these bacteria that create health mental and physical for us <laughs> well there's a subset a family called the estrobilome which is a family of um, gut microbes that regulate estrogen so if your diet is terrible or you've had a lot of synthetic medication or synthetic hormones or you know various other things that affect, affect the gut microbes then that is going to create an issue as well mm. well i mean and we do talk about estrogen receptors in the body and not even when yeah. i'm doing the menopause talks um because obviously that's i understood the reasons that um why there is swelling and but but it's interesting because with nutrition uh, and again, you know, you the whole nutrition thing through the menopause is a complete different. game. Yes. it's a different ball game. And I, yeah. I suppose that's what I talk about primarily to my women to say, look, you know what you've known before. And any study things any does not fit now. Exactly right. So exactly. It's just it your whole well exactly what you've just said your whole gut yeah. has changed in its complete i have never ever suffered with reflux now i, I would say i did have colitis but never have, and only in the last two months have i started suffering with that and so that yeah that could be to do with the liver issue so ref doctors would, doctors would disagree with this but in the in the natural med medical field, one one of our readings of, of reflux is it can be to do with too much acid, but very commonly it's to do with acid that's too low. Yeah. So what happens is the food goes in, the pH is not high enough and there's not enough acid to break everything down. It ferments. The pH change makes it easier for the um, for the sphincter between the stomach and the esophagus to open, and the fermentation means like that it comes. So yeah. that's to do with supporting the gallbladder and the liver. And and you know, if you were on a, a, my program, you know, my nutritionist would probably put you on some stomach acid supplements. Yeah, very interesting, isn't it? This really is a connective medicine, isn't it? I mean, it. Well, the, that's the body. That's yeah, how the body yeah, functions. Yeah. You can't hive off one and say, oh, you know, everything, the knee bone is connected to the shin bone. You know, remember that one? Knee bone, knee bone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh, you know, honestly, Sarah, this has been amazing. Now we've got a couple of issues. I know I'm going to be talking as probably behalf of the listener going, oh, we need to speak to this woman. And I know that I've said I'll be opening up um, the door to hopefully to to a lot of people who want to speak to you and the directory will 
give you give the uh, your website and your mm -hmm. contact details on there because you did tell me um, that you do um, remote. Yes, I, I treat people all over the world, uh, Australia, you know, Canada, France. That's Quite phenomenal, I'm... really. And, you know, that's the that's the time. I always think what the um, advantages of having COVID, not having of having actually having COVID, but the what COVID's allowed us to do, because yeah. who thought we've been able to do, you know, your city. What part of England are you in? I'm in London. London. So you're sitting in London and, you know, you're being able to go out and consult with and have patients all over the world because BC yeah. or COVID, we would never even thought that we could do no, that. Recently, I even had a, a client in India, which is wow. like... It's not the home of homeopathy, but they've got more homeopaths per capita than you know right anywhere in. else. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, it was invented in Germany, but um, it got taken to India and it just took off there. Right. Um, and they have whole homeopathic hospitals, and yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh, that's phenomenal. No, it's an amazing place, but you know, so I found it a bit bizarre that somebody was coming yeah. to see me. <laughs> Anyway. Well, I think we I think we could put that up as a gold medal, can't you? You can use that <laughs> as your I've got pride, pride of honour on that one. Um, so just to end our podcast, um, yes. I always ask for the, the three take home tips. Now, it is difficult because I'm, we, we can't say, oh, go into go into a health food shop and get this. But what would you be saying? I mean, really, to help people find an, um, a homeopath and and you know, try to, well, yeah, I don't really know, apart from contact me. <laughs> well, I mean, there is, there is, I was, I didn't realise you were going to say, I, there is a tip that I would give in terms of lifestyle. It's a very simple one. There are many others, but I want, really need this to get home to people. Number one is deal with stress. Number two is deal with stress. And number three is deal with stress. Let me let me guess. I was just taking a little sip of water at that point, and then we dropped that. <laughs> so, so you know, and I talk about my own my own experience of this very briefly. You know, when I was looking at this in myself, I thought, well, you know, I used to be in a corporate job, but now I'm, you know, I'm um, self-employed. I don't have that much stress. You know, my I'm not dealing with a toddler any longer. I have a seventeen-year-old. I don't have that much stress but I was very stressed and it was to do with an internal thing where I was very driven and quite anxious as a personality. And I, menopause has really made me look at that. And since I've calmed down with that, yeah, yeah, things have got better as well as the fact that I see my own homeopath and I see a nutritionist, but you know, there's other forms of stress as well to be careful about. Like, you know, are you getting enough sleep? I know that sleep can be, a, you know, insomnia can be a symptom anyway, but but are you getting enough sleep? Because if the sleep's not right, mm. then your whole system is going to be stressed. It's going to make every other symptom worse. And what are you doing from an exercise point of view? Because a lot of women have a lot of weight issues in obviously in in menopause and they think, right, I'm not doing enough exercise. And they go out and do like I did, even though I was a homeopath, I didn't realize this at the time. I did bar classes. I mean, bar classes are so intense. And I, you know, I was quite weak and fatigued anyway. And I that those bar classes, my drivenness around that put me into an adrenal crash where I couldn't do anything for a couple of months. So, uh, so that those are my three tips. Look at all the different sources of stress, and food can be a source of stress as well. If you're self-medicating with caffeine and sugar and carbs, yeah. that's going to stress your system. And in I think, of, you know, 
sorry just it was really just to say it, it it reiterates everything vitality 40 plus is all about because it's based on the four pillars which is yeah. nutrition fitness well-being for want of a better yes. word and sleep and yeah. those four pillars <clears throat> you know I always say if your ultimate destination is well-being and wellness is the path these four pillars are the only four pillars that you have to try to um <clears throat> excuse me is to is to get into equilibrium you know yeah. they don't have to be they don't have to be you know that obviously life is going to throw us all kinds of meat but we're just going to have to get to a point whereby we can deal with that and personally I've done an eight-week resilience course to help exactly what you're saying to be able to look at an issue and say can I deal with this now yeah Yeah. out of my control and my uh, my instructor was like drop the peanut if you can't deal with it drop the peanut so I even see her doing this and dropping the peanut and I get to the point where I'm like that's exactly it you know there are things that are in my control I suppose that you know anxiety and and running your own business and and when you've got that inane pressure which is normally an extrinsic stress factor like financial coming in yes yes (laughs) and and I'm sure everybody would know what that feels like Mm -hmm. is that for me to be driven is to be successful because of the financial requirement of life But, but able to now go, right, okay. And that's where the things that we've talked about, about journaling, about gratification, nice. about going, right, the to-do list, which is, sounds so simple in its, in its way. But, you know, again, I used to do that in the morning and, and my resilience coach said, do it in the evening, do it at the end of the day, write yeah. it down, brain dump. So you've now, your brain thinks, yeah. I've just now dealt with that because it's written down so tomorrow morning you can wake up and go right okay today yes also that so what strategy so <laughs> you know often my I'm driven because if I don't get this done and I must get that done and what if I don't do that and I've got better at saying and so what yes you know I have a, a roof over my head I have a lovely family I have enough money to feed myself and you know do things I'm not in the Ukraine, you know, running for my life. And I know it's hard because, you know, everybody's context is different, but it's, yeah. uh, that's my, what works for me is trying to get some perspective on what I'm getting so worked up about. And that's brilliant. You know, that's absolutely brilliant because that's exactly what it is. The classification of rumination into catastrophization. You yeah. know, we all do it. Um, but once you learn that, that, and you get that mental capacity to be able to say, you know, exactly, I am fine now, right now, right now, I'm just touching and I'm grounding myself into this position, I am fine, there is nothing more I can do. Yeah, and there may be a hormonal element to stress and anxiety, because as oestrogen drops, it's not there to oppose the stress hormone. Oestrogen opposes cortisol, our stress hormone, so when oestrogen drops, cortisol gets free reign which is why I suddenly find people find they can't tolerate stress but yeah. going back to your question about you know tips and where what what route should they go if they want to pursue natural I would say you know do a little a bit of of investigation about what kind of natural you want to do naturopathy homeopathy mm. you know um ayurvedic chinese and then you know find find some practitioners and go and talk to them 
see that you feel good with them. If they're particularly interested in me, then they can either, is it okay to say this? Yes, yes you're fine. And so they can follow me on Instagram at the natural menopause expert. That's at the natural menopause expert. Or they can go to my website, which is thrivehomeopathy.com. And I'll put and, that and up. And I do, I do three discovery calls to, to meet you and see if I can help or not. Fantastic. Look, thank you so much, Sarah. I, I, I know I've said this before on other podcasts, but, you know, there's so much I really do want to talk to you about. And there's so many avenues we can explore. But um, I'm hopefully our listeners will take something away on thank this. Um, and thank you so much. We will be meeting again. Great. That was a pleasure. Thank you so much for, uh, for inviting me, Trudy. Cheers. For more information on the topic that you've just listened to, please visit my website, www.vitality40plus.com. Thanks for listening.